0: Good morning, Church. It's a real pleasure to be here with you again, sharing the word with you. How awesome was Jodie's message last Sunday. Uh, you, you know, she shared all about the thoughts we battle with in our mind that often rob us from God's wholeness and his plans and his calling for us. And and she reminded us, didn't she, to, to fan into flame the gift of the Holy Spirit and to, to really cultivate that new mind and that new way of thinking. That we've been given. I was excited not just because it's such a relevant and, and practical topic for all of us, I was excited also because it's a very similar topic to what I'm preaching on today. And I think if God is going to bring up a topic twice in a row, I really think He's He's wanting to bring some, some great revelation and breakthrough. For us this morning. I think right now there's a, a timely opportunity, a, a season, you know, that Kairos time, that that God-given opening or opportunity for us to have a real breakthrough in the area of our thinking. So I encourage you, be be alert, be open to what God has for you in this season and this morning. You would agree that as we look around at the world's events and many people's responses to them, there's a problem in this world. We, people, the human race, we really do need to think differently about ourselves and about each other. Because we just keep on destroying ourselves. We keep on harming one another. And you know, there's any number of social issues we could talk about and think of in relation to this. It's, It's not just one issue or one thing. And so today I want to continue on uh, Jody's theme of, of our thoughts and our thinking. And I want to say to us, we need to get out of our own head. And we need to get into the headspace of Jesus. We need to lose our mind and find the mind of Christ. And we're going to be looking at the book of Romans in the Bible today. Just to see what exactly God does say about losing your mind. You might be familiar with Romans chapter 12 verse 2 and it says this, it says, do not conform to the pattern of the world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We're told here that we need to think differently. Our minds need renewing and that's because by default our minds are broken and they're born broken. Romans chapter 1 tells us that that uh, our minds by default are foolish and futile and dark and confused. It, it even uses the word depraved to describe our minds. And, and it tells us that some of the symptoms of a mind like this are that, that people then um, are evil or they commit murder. And we see that in our world, don't we? You see that when you're scrolling through your news app. But it also tells us that there are some other symptoms things like greed, and envy, and malice, and gossip, and deceit, and arrogance. And and when we read things like that, all of a sudden we realize that, that this is not just a them out there kind of problem. This is not just a problem with politicians, and police, and institutions. This is a problem that starts with people. It's a problem that starts with, with you, and, and with me, we all need to lose our minds and find a whole new way of thinking. Have you ever realised that you might be a slave to something? You know, uh, we signed up to Netflix recently in this whole social isolation thing. And I realized we we're probably like the second last family in Australia to sign up to Netflix. But we, you know, we finally did it. And the thing with Netflix is this, it it feeds you suggestions for programs that you should watch based on your profile and history, doesn't it? And and you kind of get stuck in this loop of obeying what Netflix says to do. And you've subscribed to this service, so you've paid money for it, and so you've kind of like entered into this agreement with it, and, and you feel like you're obligated to obey what it says. And then it gets you hooked on a series, doesn't it? And you, you can't help but watch it. You kind of end up being a bit of a prisoner to the, to the series. And, and you really don't want to do anything else or think about anything else except that, that Netflix series that you're watching. And, and you can't help but think, you know, what's going to happen next? And, and like, what's that FBI agent going to, going to do next? And, and so you, you end up trapped. And you think, well, well, that's okay. I'm 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 trapped now. I'm kind of a prisoner to this thing for the moment, but you know, I'll be free soon. I'll be free at the end of the 23 episodes of this series. And then do you know what happens? You you go and discover that there's actually seven to eight seasons of this series. And and you know what? In that moment, in that moment, you realize that that you might just be a slave to Netflix. Romans 6 says sin is a bit like a slave master. We we get stuck in it and we're obligated to obey it and and we just can't choose differently. You think about a prisoner. A prisoner can't choose, can they? They're, They're obligated to obey the person who holds them captive. They have no choice. Our sin nature it holds our minds captive to a certain way of thinking. And we all start that way. It's not like some start that way and others don't. We're, we're all born this way. It's our default setting. It's like a game of Monopoly. Every player starts on the same square of the board. Now, there's lots of ways this, this old nature affects our thinking. And, and here are a few I thought of. It, it gives us Uh, Thinking that is all about will it benefit me will it benefit me thinking and so that's where we're thinking about well What is pleasing to me? What feels good to me? What what will bring me? privilege or power or prestige and we end up um, making decisions or acting uh, upon things based on whether it's going to give us benefit or pleasure the second type of thinking is is the I deserve it thinking You know, where you think, well, because I've worked hard, because I've done good things, because I've played by the rules, because I've been diligent, I'm owed something by someone. I'm owed something by God or by the universe or by my spouse or by my kids. It's kind of that Pharisee legalistic sort of thinking. The third way it affects our thinking is, is with the I'll be disappointed thinking. You know, this is, this is where you think that everything is going to go wrong. Everyone's against me, God's against me, people will let me down, maybe I'll let myself down. The fourth sort of thinking is the, the they've got a problem thinking. Uh, this is the judging and offence thinking and, and Jodie touched on this in her sermon last week. You know, it's where you think that there's something wrong with others How dare they They treat me like this? How dare they do this? How dare they even think like this? Uh, They have a problem and they should go and deal with their issue. The fifth sort of thinking it gives us is the not enough thinking. This is where you get overly worried about not coping, about not being good enough, not being supported enough, not being loved enough, not being strong enough, not being clever enough, not being successful enough. It's it's that deficit thinking that we can all be prone to. I think all of these ways of thinking are actually symptoms of us putting ourselves first rather than God seeing the power for living and a good and meaningful life as resting with us rather than resting with God. Ultimately, this is our I don't need God in my life kind of mindset. When we think like this, we end up with a society that has huge problems. We end up with families that have problems And we end up with people that have problems because it it robs you. It robs you of the fullness of life that God has for you. And the only hope you have, the only hope our world has to be able to think differently is to be set free from this sin nature and to find something better. If you want to change your life, if you want to see change, in your life you need to lose your mind so how do we do that how are we set free from this well romans chapter 6 verse 6 and verse 14 have a look at it with me romans 6 verse 6 we know that our old sinful selves were crucified with christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives We are no longer slaves to sin, for when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. Wow, that's good words right there. Verse 14 says that sin is no longer your master. You know, the only way you can lose your mind and find a better one is by having your old sin nature put to death on the cross with Jesus and Jesus has done that for you. It has happened. The, the only question that remains is will you receive it? Will you take hold of that truth so that sin would lose its power in your life so that you are no longer a slave to that old way of thinking? Will you receive it you know, our world needs a better way. Your family needs a better way. You need a better way. You need the mind of Christ. And you know what? When we've said yes to Jesus, that is exactly what we get. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 16 says, but we have the mind of Christ. We, God's people, each of us, we have the mind of Christ. And that is good news. And people need to know this. They need to know that they have have access to this whole other new amazing way of thinking. We must lose our mind and find the mind of Christ. We need to find it. We need to find the mind of Christ. We need to put it on. Because some of us, you know, some of us have misplaced it, I think. I own this amazing pair of, of Reebok branded lycra sports leggings and they are awesome leggings like when I put them on like I get get compliments from people people say wow Annette you look really good in those you look so sporty and so fit and I'm like yeah I know I feel so good I feel so fit and sporty and I feel so good like I don't even need to exercise I just put these on and instantly I, I, I feel fitter the problem or the tragedy, and, and look, my family will, will um, uh, contest to this truth, is that, that I've lost them. I've, mi- I've misplaced these, these Reebok Lycra sports leggings. And so I no longer get to put them on. I no longer get to wear them. I no longer get to enjoy the, the, the benefit and the beauty of having these amazing uh, leggings on. And um, I think the problem or tragedy for many of us with our thinking, is that long after we've received Jesus into our life and are able to think differently, um, we've, we continue in our old way of thinking. You know, Jesus has freed you from that old mind, but, but you're still living as if it holds you captive. You, it's like you've misplaced that new mind, like I've misplaced my leggings. Now, this isn't to condemn you. Seriously, I, I get it. I get how difficult it, it can be to um, walk in the fullness of that new mind and that new life that that we have. And and I've personally wrestled with this stuff. And and much of what I'm saying to you this morning comes from from personally journeying and working through this stuff in my own life. But this is to remind. It's to remind you. It's to remind me. It's to remind all of us. That you have been set free and you no longer need to be controlled by that old way of thinking. There is a new way you are able to think. It's a bit like um, becoming a parent. You know when you, you become a parent it, it seriously messes with your mind, doesn't it? It, it like really <laughs> shakes things up. Uh, before I became a mum, you know life was all about me what I wanted, what I needed, when I wanted it, when I needed it. I have one way of thinking and one priority in life, one world of existence, and I I was at the center of it. So I could sleep when I wanted to sleep, I could eat when I wanted to eat, I could eat what I wanted to eat, I could see friends or do whatever it is that I wanted to do when I wanted to do it. I was the master of my own destiny. But then one day, there was this, this beautiful little baby in my life and that baby was now the master of my destiny and this 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 new way of thinking came into my mind my my thinking changed my desires changed and all of a sudden I would put aside my needs and tend to the needs of the baby and my thoughts were consumed with what he needed what he wanted what was going to be best for him and and I thought like a mum. I had this new mind and it was kind of like this new person had kind of moved into my, my brain. And it was really quite an instant thing. One day I didn't have a mum, mum mind and all of a sudden the next day I did. The problem was that sometimes my old not a mum brain would show up Uh, particularly, particularly in the early days. And the result of that was a lot of frustration and turmoil and confusion, because I'd want to go and do something for myself, like, you know, sleep. And, and I'd want things to go back to the way they were before. I want them to be normal. And, and I'd be tempted to think in the old way, which was the, well, what do I want now? What do I need right now? Rather than the new mum way, uh, which was quite obviously a, a self-sacrificing, loving, giving sort of way, and so there was this great tension between the old and the new. Like I no longer belonged to the old. Like there's no going back, is there? Once you become a mum, you, you're always a mum. And I had this this new way of thinking that was given to me. So so my, but my brain still had these old, familiar, not a mum thoughts, and that were well-established patterns in my physical brain. Now it's taken lots of practice, lots of rewiring of my brain and lots of choosing to think like a mum in a situation rather than choosing to think um, to do something that's of benefit or pleasure to myself. It's taken lots of choosing this new mum mind, about 15 years and, and counting of brain reshaping. But this is quite like the new mind we've been given in Christ. There's there's a new, we're a new person, there's a a new way of thinking that we've been given, we've been gifted, we've received it. But there can often be this ongoing tension or conflict that occurs between our old way of thinking and the new way of thinking. Now, some people, by by nature of their genetics or their upbringing, they're, they're blessed with a bit less rewiring that needs to take place. And so this stuff, it can be an easier transition for some and it can be a bit harder for others, can't it? I encourage those of you who know that, that this, this is an issue for you. This is a, a difficult thing for you that, you know, maybe you, you do struggle a lot with your thoughts and, and you, you, you bring this stuff to God regularly and, and maybe, maybe you're getting tired of doing that maybe you're getting tired of you know taking every thought captive and and maybe you know you're not seeing a lot of change what I say to you is don't give don't give up don't give up God wants to bring wholeness to you in this area and, and I really believe that he wants to bring some breakthrough and revelation in your inner thought life that's going to really change the whole way you approach this, the whole way you see yourself and the whole way you see um, God. And, and I also want to say to you, don't. Um, there's a difference. There's a difference between being tempted and controlled. So you might be tempted by old patterns of thinking. They might challenge you regularly. They might be hurdles in your life that you're constantly trying to overcome. But you don't need to be controlled by them. You don't need to let them reign unchecked. So please, don't think you're a spiritual failure if you struggle with your thoughts. What's more important is whether or not you give in to them or let them control you. Romans chapter 6, verse 11 and 12 says so you should also consider yourselves dead to the power of sin and alive to god through christ jesus do not let sin control the way you live do not give in to sinful desires let's lose our minds and let's find the mind of christ let's let's learn how to think differently this is not just a topic for the, the anxious and depressed people out there. And just because you don't experience a problem with your thoughts, you know, and by that I mean like negative symptoms or fearful, fearful thoughts, just because you don't experience those things doesn't mean you don't still need to cultivate the mind of Christ in your thinking. We all need to do this. Romans 8, 5 tells us to think about things that please the Spirit. Colossians 3: 2 says to set our mind on things above not on earthly things Ephesians 4:23 says that we are to be made new in the attitude of our minds this is not the mental health sermon this is the Christian living sermon so let's discover what it what it means to truly think like Jesus thinks do you remember? Uh, back in the 1990s, there was the WWJD campaign. You know, we'd all, as teenagers, have those bracelets with WWJD on them. What would Jesus do? Well, today we're thinking uh, WWJT. What would Jesus think? What would Jesus think? How does Jesus think? Well, I've got four, four ways, I think, Uh, jesus's thinking is is a bit different to our own firstly his thinking is future focused so hebrews chapter 12 verse 2 it says for the joy set before him he endured the cross scorning its shame and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of god Jesus was always thinking about the end goal and the future outcome versus the, the temporary now. He was focusing on the future joy, and that's what it allowed him to endure the cross. His thoughts looked to the future, to salvation, to uh, freedom from death, to the life he would, he would win for us, rather than the difficulty and the shame of the now. You know, you don't go to the cross because it's fun now. You go to the cross because you see and desire the the bigger picture and the end result. Romans 8:18 8, reminds us that our present sufferings are nothing compared to the future glory that will be revealed in us and so we wait. We wait with eager expectation. Even if our our today isn't so great and our yesterday wasn't, and you know what, maybe your tomorrow won't be so good either. We, We need to take our thoughts off the now and we need to look to Jesus. And so this means that whatever you're dealing with now, whatever is going on for you at the moment, stop trying to figure it out. Stop trying to control it. Stop trying to make sense of it. Just look to the future. Look to what has been won for you. The, the, the future hope and calling that Jesus has for you. you. know, ask yourself, what's the bigger picture right now? What does the end game look like? Thinking like this has has really helped me to persevere with doing good things that I think I'd probably naturally have given up on. I'm someone who likes seeing results, and I'm sure you do too. We like seeing uh, the the fruit of our labor, don't we? But for me, thinking about the the future reward or the future fruit has really grown patience and perseverance in my life as a mum. as as a wife and as a pastor, and and all of those roles really do need future-focused thinking because we don't often see the results we want to see in the short term. So the mind of Christ is future-focused. Secondly, the mind of Christ is future-focused faith-focused. You'll notice we're doing a bit of alliteration here, so brace yourself, guys. Future-focused, faith-focused. The mind of Christ is faith-focused. Luke chapter 22, verse 42, it says, Father, and this is Jesus speaking here, and he's, he's um, about to go to the cross, and he's praying. He says, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me, yet not my will, But yours be done. Jesus knew the Father's heart and his plans, and he trusted him. He knew that his heavenly Father was good. Jesus could then say, You know, not what I think is best. I trust you, Father. I, I, I want what you think is best. And so his faith was in his Father, not his circumstances. Jesus would often draw aside for some quiet, intimate time with his heavenly father, some quiet prayer, some time alone with his dad. And, and that's, that's where his power and his wisdom came from. He had faith in his father. You can trust that God is on your side you can trust that you do have favor with him and that he does work all things for the good of those who love him that's another romans one romans 8:28 you can trust him the the elevation song uh, the blessing that is immensely popular right now is based on uh, a passage from Numbers chapter 6. And of course there's been a, a global movement of people across the world and across different churches singing this together. And in recent days I've seen a beautiful version of an Australian one released that's got uh, people from different churches singing and they've even managed to find a few singing koalas and kangaroos too to, to pop in there and make it a bit Australian. But, but this song... It powerfully reminds us to have hope that we can trust that God's got it covered, even when it doesn't feel like he's got it covered. When he says he will bless you and be gracious to you and give you peace, that he will do that that that's his heart for the world that's his intention for the world that's his intention for you and your family that's his intention for your health and your work and your study and whatever it is that is going on for you right now and we need to remind ourselves of that truth it only takes the tiniest bit of faith in our heavenly father to completely shift our whole way of thinking and I wonder if today, maybe you need just a little bit of time alone with your Father, your Heavenly Father, to remind you of that precious truth. The best way of renewing our mind is spending regular time with God alone. And by regular, I mean regular. When you, you know when you learn an instrument, uh, the best way to learn it is to practice small amounts daily. If you just practice for one hour once a week, it's just not going to cut it, is it? It's just not going to uh, give your brain neural pathways the opportunity they need to to grow and change. You need regular practice, and this is the same with thinking like Jesus, we need time on a daily basis with God to change the patterns and the attitudes of our minds. You'll find the mind of Christ as you take time out of your day to read the word, to pray, to reflect. To hear and and you've kind of got to be active in it. It's 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 not just enough to sit and passively listen to a sermon on YouTube. You've got to open the word for yourself, you've got to read it, you've got to wrestle with it, you've got to think through it, you've got to write it down, you've got to hear yourself saying it, you've got to get it into your head. The third way Jesus thinks is that his thinking is fellowship focused. Fellowship-focused. So he's, he's we-focused thinking rather than me-focused thinking. In the book of Philippians, we're told to have the same mindset as Jesus, one of humility, uh, a mindset of valuing others above ourselves, looking to their interests rather than our own. And Philippians talks about Jesus having come into the world, not as, not as someone to be served as a, as a king might be served – ...but rather as someone who served others. Jesus' thinking was not fixated on himself. It wasn't fixated on his own needs and wants and desires... ...on his own glory, on his own fame. His thinking was focused on others. Uh, It was focused on the needs and the interests of other people. He fed them, he taught them, he healed them... ...he showed them compassion and patience. He wanted to teach them and train them and build them up... His ministry in life wasn't about becoming famous and making a name for himself. And I think this way of thinking really has to influence how we gather as the church, how we, how we operate in our workplaces. It has to influence how we, we volunteer. It has to influence how we interact with one another in our, our small groups and our connect groups and our, our friendships. I think a really great way for us to start to think like this, is actually to get in a small group, get in one of our Church Connect groups. It's a really great way to put this other-focused thinking uh, in our mind. You know, so much changes in this world when each one of us become we-focused rather than me focused and so if you're not in a in a, a space or a group or in relationships where you're able to set your sights on on others rather than yourself and I encourage you to do that get in a small group get in a, a bible study where you can talk about this stuff with one another and look for opportunities to serve and care and train and teach and help other people So that's fellowship-focused, future-focused, faith-focused. His thinking was fellowship-focused. And also his thinking was forgiveness-focused. Jesus was forgiveness-focused in his thinking. Luke 23, verse 34, Jesus is on the cross. He's been nailed to the cross. And as he's he's hanging there, he, he looks down at the people who have done this to him. And he says father forgive them for they don't know what they are doing. Jesus came and died on the cross for our forgiveness and our freedom and he modeled forgiveness to those that that wronged him. Jesus valued forgiveness above his own rights and it, it is good and it is right for us to do the same thing. Forgiveness is such a huge topic on, on its own, um, and it's probably really for another sermon. But I do just want to acknowledge that it can be a really difficult uh, thing for us to do. But it really does make a difference to life. I was talking with someone recently who, after a difficult divorce, had to negotiate parenting with his ex-wife And he he told me the difference that Christ made in in the way that he was able to cope with this, in in how he interacted with his ex-wife. And Jesus gave him a mind that, that valued forgiveness and practiced forgiveness. And he could see the bigger picture and he could see that what mattered was not so much his rights, but what was best for others, what was best for his kids. And he he draws great strength and wisdom and, and graciousness, all of those things that he needs. He drew them from his heavenly father. If he didn't have the mind of Christ, his anger would have taken over, he said. Hostility would have taken over. Bitterness would have taken over. And there would have been a very different outcome in his life and in the life of his kids too. We need to practice forgiveness. In the beginning video that was shown before I started preaching, I read from Romans chapter 8. It was Romans chapter 8, verse 5 to 9. I just encourage you to, to today take some time to read through Romans 8. Spend some time reflecting on this on this topic. So many people in this world have set their mind on what the sin nature wants and you know it just leads to death and chaos and hostility but we belong to a different way of thinking we belong to a way of thinking that is future focused and faith focused and father focused and forgiveness focused and we live in accordance with the spirit we set our mind on what the spirit wants and when we do that When you do that, your mind will be governed by life and peace. If you are in Christ, you've been given the Spirit and you've been gifted with both the ability and the desire to think like Jesus thinks. So don't think with your old mind. Lose it. Get rid of it. Say no to it. You have the mind of Christ You have a new way of thinking. Let's pray. Oh, Father God, we thank you so much that we have a new way of thinking we thank you that you have set us free from that old nature and that old mind that just leads to death and chaos and hostility and we thank you jesus that that was nailed to the cross and buried in the grave and we thank you that by your spirit we've been gifted and given a new way of thinking a new way of seeing the world a new way of seeing ourselves Father God, we just pray that that you would really reveal that new mind to us that you would help us to, to use that new mind, to think with that that new mind, to, to, to see others through the mind of Christ Jesus. Lord, shape our brains, shape our minds, um, change us and renew us on a daily basis. We want to think like Jesus thinks and we want to see this world flourish and, and be full of life and joy and peace and freedom because the, the, the mind of Christ is ruling and reigning in each one of us. And so we just, we commit ourselves to you. We commit our thinking to you, Jesus. And we just ask that you continue to um, establish your thoughts in our life. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.